She's powerless. my walkie-talkie back now, please? No way! You gave it to us! It's mine now! All right, I'll Rochambeau you for it. Ready? <laughs> hey, where's he going? Goodbye, Robert Smith! Thank you for your help! Visit us again! Disintegration is the best album ever! The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Gabe, you got any uh, bits this week for us? We start the show with this? Gabe's bits? There's no Gabe's bits. No unpunk. Gabe, I'm re- that? there was another bit that I remembered this week that I thought, oh, we haven't done this in like a year, but now I can't remember what it was. It was that memorable that you forgot it already. Yeah, what's a bit we used to do that we haven't done for a long time? Ben cuts his toenails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a good bit. Mm-hmm. How was lunch today? Are you talking to Ben or myself? I'm talking to both of you. Well, we haven't seen each other since lunch last Friday. I'm still waiting to get my taste buds back. I don't. I can't taste food yet. <laughs> really? Sucks. No, yes. I, ben, you haven't had no. COVID. No. I did not have the problem with the taste buds, but you're saying you do, Gabe. Yes, I, I barely want to eat because I can't taste it anyway. What good is it? It's just going to my stomach and then that's it. See, here's this is funny to me because I never thought you ate anything because it tasted good anyway. The stuff you eat, I was like, there's no way Gabe's eating that because it tastes good. I went I went to a Mexican place, Cantina Louie, over the weekend, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. is my favorite uh, salsa in this, in Florida. I could barely taste it. I could barely taste it. I'm like, this sucks. I, what am I even here for? Sounds like you need to up your salsa game. Well, the question I have is, when you lose your taste buds with COVID, can you mm-hmm. eat hot sauce like it's not even hot anymore? Try it out. Try it out. See what that happens. That might be a way to kickstart your taste buds again. You have one of those uh, chips like, like Scott did. The, the packy chip or whatever you call it. I watched a guy on YouTube eat seven of those packy chips in one sitting and was like, fine, five minutes later. So That guy's insane. Gabe, I don't recommend the packy chip. I think you need to really work your way up to that. Aren't people dying from this packy chip too? I mean, is that for real? I mean, kind of. I think even if you can't taste it, you might have a reaction to it. In fact, I know you, Gabe, would have a reaction. <laughs> You'd be like, I got to lay down. Where do you this get is, these Peggy chips from? This is me doing you. You, you get them from the Packy store. 
What? I, I, thought I don't I want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I thought I saw some hot stuff at a, a gas station, like ghost pepper chips and all this stuff. But that's not the same. I saw some hot stuff at a gas station once. <laughs> so, Ben, you can't remember your long lost bit. You were just thinking about it the other day. And you're going, damn. Well, it's because I think I remembered the theme song that we did for it, whatever the fuck it was. And I was like, oh, we haven't played this in forever. What's the best? Yeah, we've done What's the Best. Punk Rock Gabe. We did Punk Rock Gabe the other day. Those are the Gabes. Oh, these are the Daves I know. I think that's what it was. Oh, these are the Daves I know. Should we call Dave? Let's call Dave. It has been a while. It has been a while since we've called Dave. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. Well, hello. Is is Dave there? <laughs> Dave's not here, man. Oh, he finally got it right. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. It was a good bit back in the 80s, Ben, and it's still a good bit today. Yeah. So you and I both got our George Romero on this weekend? Is that what I'm Oh, that's right. I, that's what we need to talk about. Two very, very important things have happened to you this week. Uh, but first, Gabe, who do we have on the show today? Oh, today we have Mark Solheim. That's who, who's right. Mark, who's Mark Solheim, you ask? Well, I don't have to ask because we've known Mark for many, many, many years. Longer than I remember. Sure, yeah. But he is he is the talent buyer for Riot Fest. Is that what you would... Is that is his he, title? Is, is, did he tell you that? No, I read it. I read it on his bio. Okay. Yeah, that's what he release. is. That's, that, that's who he is. Sure. Is that a term that you're familiar with, talent buyer? I am, but it, it was, it's weird to hear it come out of Gabe's mouth. It's, he's a promoter. He, he's an old school uh, yes. street teamer. He's, he, he's a band booker. He puts stuff up on stuff. Yeah, talent booking, I, I, I know. but talent, talent buyer. Talent buying is weird. Talent buyer. I mean, okay, listen, Riot Fest, which I went to last week before Indianapolis last week. And by the way, I have so many stories about Indianapolis, and I can't even tell you. I mean, it's not that I can't remember them. I, I can't tell you the stories. There's... There's problems with some of the things that happened last uh-huh. week in Indianapolis. And I, I, I want to tell you, but I, I, I just can't tell you. Anyway. Well, one uh, thing is that you ate a whole pizza before you went out for lunch. Well, yes, sure. Uh, but Riot Fest, I went to uh, the week before last, whenever. It was great. It's terrific. It's huge. It's everybody's favorite fest in Chicago. Uh, and so, Gabe... No, is it Ben I'm talking to? Ben, they have a lot of talent mm. at this mm-hmm. particular festival. So someone buys that talent, and they are the talent buyer. And that's what Mark is. That's what Mark does. That's who Mark is. Well, it's not who he is. It's what he does for a living. 
Somebody stop me. And and we've known Mark. We've known Mark for quite some time, but I didn't realize he was the guy that's booking Riot Fest now. You didn't know that, huh? No. You didn't get his I, email? No, I'm not on his list. But is but I, I, I not to be an idiot here, but is booking and buying two different things? No, I, I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I just think it's it creepy nice. to say buy. You think it sounds nice to say buying? First, first of all, talent, it's a nice word. You know? Talent? I have no problem with talent. Talent. It's buying versus booking that I'm having a problem with. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's break this down. Buying the talent. Talent buyer. It sounds like they're buying you off. Talent like they're booker. They're paying you to shut the fuck up and play your songs or else. Listen, talent booker. They buy, they own you. The it tongue. sounds like they own you if they're buying you. Talent buyer. It just, it sounds better. Really? Have, have, do you think anyone has ever bought talent with talents? You're asking me if somebody actually has a talent of <laughs> a what? <laughs> Look wow. it up. So, uh, Ben, you've had a, a wonderful week. Yeah. Because you weren't in Indianapolis. <laughs> no. I might have for had one. a fun time But there. for two... It's been a banner week for two of your favorite things. Yeah. Explain. Well, the replacements uh, had their... I knew he was going to bring this up. Their box set of their album, Tim, uh, was released with the new mix by Ed Stasium. Uh, And what do you think of this mix? I think it's wonderful. What, What song has been transformed the most for you? Uh... You know, some of the some of the sort of like throwaway songs on that album for me are like, oh, this sounds great. Now, like I'll buy and lay it down, clown. And, yeah, uh, lay it down, clown sounds great. Yeah, yeah. And dose of thunder. Yes. Uh, uh, and I also love. I I keep reading and boy, there's no there's nothing worse than a replacements fan. Uh, uh, true, true. <laughs> Gabe, replace, Gabe, repl- <laughs> preach. I agree. Preach. I'm with you on this, Ben. Yes, I'm with you. Please but tell like, us more. Like the replacements <laughs> fan page on uh, on Facebook is just the most brutal bunch of shit, and people are just like, "This sucks. Fuck this. How dare they?" Really? Oh yeah. Oh All right, yeah. So Gabe, in case you don't know, and you know, we'll 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 treat Gabe like the average dumb idiot who doesn't know anything <laughs> about replacements. All right. And 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 we'll we'll explain it to him now. Tim is is the major label debut and it's famous for whiffing because of the way it sounds, right? Ben? I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> yes. Certainly people have said from day one, uh, what's up? And, you know, Tommy Ramone of the Ramones, the original Ramones drummer and also sort of mastermind. Erdely. Yeah. Tommy Erdely. Yeah. Yeah. He produced the album and then he mixed the album. But the notoriously, the the story was that he mixed it on headphones, and that he had didn't have much of his hearing left. Yeah, yeah. And so it's got a weird sound to it. Uh, it's it sounds kind of tinny. It sounds kind of hollowed out. Uh, and I think people thought for a long time that that was the best that could be done. That probably he blew the whole producing part of the job as well and the engineering. But lo and behold, apparently those masters still existed, all the basic tracks and everything. And and Tommy Ramone's longtime 
production partner, Ed Stasium, who helped him produce the Ramones back in the day, and Ed went on to do a million other things, right. uh, was commissioned uh, by these guys who have now, you know, <laughs> anointed themselves like the keepers of the replacement slain, this fucking Bob Mayer, who I think can't write his way out of a paper bag, but what Ooh, do I know? What, wow. What do I know about Bob? <laughs> uh, everyone else loves him. God bless. Uh, so they, 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 they've been rele- they've been re-releasing these replacement albums and this one in particular, well, actually the last one too, uh, you know, don't tell a Please soul. Got, got, oh, don't tell a soul. Right. Don't tell, don't tell a soul also was long thought of as like badly produced or badly mixed because it had sort of those 80s. But the biggest problem was all the reverb and how pussy it sounded and maybe <laughs> right maybe the, the thinking was that's just the way major label records sounded in the 80s but apparently they got good tones and great performances i mean like even a song as ubiquitous as uh bastards of young mm-hmm. on this new version it it roars out of it i mean it just it's great you know yeah i listened to it last night i went to go see the IMAX. Uh, stop making sense. Stop making sense. And I mean, let's talk about that too. I mean, it, that that's what forty years old, and it still feels weird to see on screen. It still feels like a thing. You know what I mean? It still mm-hmm. feels like wow, I get to watch this on a movie screen, and it was huge. And and they did a great job on the IMAX, filled the whole screen, sounded great. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh man, he comes out and does. Uh, psycho killer and I'm like do I really need to see this again and this fucking David Byrne shtick and then the next thing I know it's it's in the middle and they're all being lit by like you know just single lights and it's dark and I'm just like this is the best concert movie of all time Gabe have you ever seen that movie which movie are you talking about I've never heard of this thing stop stop making sense the talking heads concert movie come on talking heads (laughs) I thought you were talking about some band that's relevant today or something. Come on. So and, uh, anyway, you know, Gabe's whole thing is like, well, I listened to it the first time. He's not listening to a fucking thing. So I'm right now. So, <laughs> this, this, so anyway, I drive back, crank up the new Tim mix, and you're right. It sounds great. It sounds great. My big problem is I don't like the first three songs. Like to me, the best songs are on Side two. Side two is left the better, of the dial. Far, I mean, yeah. It's great. Although I do like I, I do like Hold My Life, but I but I think for a long time I was not the biggest Hold My Life fan. Maybe that's another one that I think is rescued in the new mix. Um, yeah. but you're right. But you're you're right. It's like I'll buy is on that first side and I don't Dose get it. of Thunder. Yeah, it's it's a very strangely sequenced album. Uh but people have been complaining about things that I'm just like, just fuck yourselves. Like there's more of Paul playing piano. On here comes a regular now. I'm like, God bless. I love it. Bring it on. Ed did a great job. Yeah. And Gabe, you should probably listen to it. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> not, not right, Gabe, to... What do you want to talk about? You're being a bitch over there. I want to know what you want to talk about. I've spent more time listening to stuff about the replacements today than I have any time on 137 episodes. Enough with the replacements. Enough. Oh, okay. boy. Uh, Okay. What do you Did want you to watch talk that about? piece of shit science fiction movie that came out on Hulu this weekend? No. That everyone seems to love? Terrible. I don't know. Is it about werewolves? I'm sure Gay will love it. No, I've been watching the morning show on Apple TV. <laughs> I'm on episode Ooh. seven. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, what, what season? Season one. Uh, it takes me a while. I, I can watch one episode a day. Yeah. Or you could read a chapter of a book. I bought a book. To tell you the truth, where stop, is it? What's it stop the what's presses. It, what's it called? The the morning show compendium. It's called A Roadie's Tale by Siv, the singer <laughs> of the Grill Biscuits. His oh. his memoir of the summer tour '87 of the band Youth of Today, where he was a roadie. My oh first my book God. I bought in a couple of years. Listen, I cannot wait to read that book. This is a great looking book. I haven't read it yet because I'm recovering. I can barely stay awake, but I'm gonna read it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna read it. I think he's just gonna stare at it. And Gabe's gonna like go, "Wow, look at that beautiful typeset," and he won't <laughs> read any of the words. The very few books that I've read in the last few years because I just I can't sit and read a book. I fall asleep. They're all about straight edge. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Maybe the problem is, hear me out. <laughs> You're reading shitty books about straight edge. I'm, I'm just saying, maybe no, no, that's the problem. Books. No. You're did, just did, not. Did Bob Mayer wrote one, write one of them? How do you know? Ooh. You can't stay awake through any of them. <laughs> so, Gabe, would you rather talk about Tony Booba? I don't know who that is, but I do have a ben subject I want you. to bring up. I okay, want to bring right. up something that <laughs> is in the news. I read this today, and I thought, is this for real? And Trump is there got, something behind it? Trump no. got convicted? Read this. In Rolling Stone magazine, Club X won't have to fork over merch money to Live Nation anymore. Hey, hey, hey. Wow. Stop the Live Nation is removing their merch cuts on 77 clubs in the country. I don't believe it. Including all of its House of Blues and Fillmore locations. Do you know how many Live Nation venues I've gotten scuffles with over merch before? Can you guess? All of them. All of them. Yes, all of them. That's a great answer. (laughs) But do they have more than 77 venues, Gabe? Oh, yeah. I would think they do. So how do they pick the the 77 that they're no longer going to... So 77 out of (laughs) (laughs) 3,040... It's got to start somewhere. This is good <laughs> yeah. news. Yeah. This is good news. But there could be some kind of ulterior motive going on here. Maybe they're trying to swoop up all the other clubs that use that, you know, merch cut. Yeah, you think? Anyway, this is good news. Now you don't have to jack up the prices of your merch because the cut is so high that you, you can't make a dime. Well, first of all, we never did that. I was going to say. Well, if a, if a, if a venue is going to take 30% of the merch, you can't sell it for 15, 20 bucks. You're not going to, you're going to lose money. Here's what you do. Don't give away the, the secrets here. No, it's 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 simple. You go, oh, look, a fire. <laughs> and then you run away. <laughs> That's it's happened a few easy. times. That's happened a few times where I pulled and, and just left the club and said, hold on, I, I, I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I got, <laughs> no, you ever I got no qualms. But listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break some news right now. Oh, here we go. Ooh. Oh, my God. I've been trying to get this thing re-released for years. The 99.00 demos on CD. <laughs> I sent the proof to Scott. He's going to approve it any day now. We're going to get all the typos out, hopefully. There'll well, be no typos in this thing. Can I ask you something? Who's asking for this? I'm asking for it. This is GNP release number two. It's been out of print for like seven, eight years. And then people tell me, oh, I, I got to spend 30 bucks to get it on eBay. Yeah, and we CDs don't like are that. making a comeback. CDs are making a comeback. CDs are not making a comeback. Gradually. Gradually. I hate to agree with with Gabe, and I'm only partially agreeing, but in a weird coincidence, I actually 
dug up. I didn't have a working. I didn't have a CD. Pl- I haven't had a CD player plugged in. I was thinking, do I still own a CD player? And I don't. But I did have an old DVD. You got a Blu-ray player. player. Yeah. Right. I got a DVD player. But I was like, all my all my Blu-rays are just plugged into my like TV home theater things, which I don't want to listen to music on. But I do have these speakers out in the living room. And I was like, wait a minute, I think I can probably plug in my DVD player. Because I got that replacements box set, which comes with one vinyl album of the remix. But then it's got four CDs. And I was like, oh, I'd like to fucking play these CDs that I just paid 100 bucks for. Right. Um, and so I plugged in my DVD player, and it works like a charm. And so maybe maybe CDs are making a little bit of a comeback. I don't know. Well, uh, I thought you were going to say what I'm about to say, but... But I should have known it would have been some like little story about you and your home yeah. video system. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, for the first time in a long time, CDs have outsold vinyl. So, oh. Gabe, you are on to something. Hold on. Say that again, though. Gabe, you are right and you're on to something. <laughs> I didn't hear no. that part about right. No, no. He's on to something. He's on something, you say. If- if there's ever a time yeah, to re-release you've, something, you've, you've you've fallen ass backwards into being right again. <laughs> no, this is yes. not the, where the clock just right twice a day thing. No, I've been trying to re-release this thing for years, and now is the time we got to strike with iron's hot. And but I'm I'm, I'm asking is like <laughs> the iron is hot. The iron is never hot when it comes to us. By the way, okay, we never got to our Romero conversation. <laughs> That's right. Caesar Romero? Yes. The Joker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he was dead. <laughs> so, Ben, hmm. who did you have on the show the other day? Uh, I didn't have anybody on a show. I don't know what you're talking about when you say that. On your little show that you do over at that oh, little yeah, college yeah. that you work <laughs> yeah. at, we had uh, we had Tony Booba visiting us for the now, weekend at UW tell, Cinema. Tell tell the people who don't know shit about anything. Like l- let's pretend Gabe is one of those people. Tony uh, Bobo. <laughs> Tony Bobo. <laughs> Talk to Gabe like he's one of those idiots. <laughs> uh, George Romero. You know, you ever heard his name? He's going to start talking about Cesar Romero. Again. Yeah, I know. Well, George Romero is the guy who is famous for uh, writing and directing a movie called Night of the Living Dead, which started which, the whole... Which I saw on 35mm the other night. They struck a new print. It was playing at Music Box. It's not there anymore. So was it, in the, was it in the, on the main stage at uh, Music Box? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was great. I was like, I can't, can't, can I go see this again? And I was like, all right, yes. one more time. I'm going to go see it one more time. And it was it was good. It bummed me out, though, man. It made me really think about mortality in a way that I haven't thought about in a while. I was like, man, we're all going to die. I mean, that's kind of what the movie is about. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what basement you put yourself in. You're going to die. You know especially, what I mean, Gabe? Especially if you're black. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen any of these movies. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm talking about the futility of life. The fact that no matter what you do, no matter how many books about straight edge and hardcore you surround yourself with, you're going to die. Do you ever think about that? No, because I'm too busy living. (laughs) 
L I V I N. Hey, everybody, it's Mark Solheim. Mark. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Have you recovered yet? Yeah, just, I think just recovered as of like this morning. Still had that, <laughs> had that post Riot Fest funk kind of looming over, looming over my head. But yeah, feeling good. What, why weren't you recovered yesterday? I don't know. I think it's just, I think you need exactly like nine days to recover from the, some, it's just a math game. <laughs> nine days. That's it. That's <laughs> when did you get hired by Riot Fest? Uh, that would have been, I think I got hired it was in March of 2022. Um, okay. Because I was, I was with the Paps Theater Group for 15 years prior to that and then independent promoter for a long time. And uh, before that, I was at the, at the Rave in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But the Riot Fest thing was just like, like kind of a perfect storm. They needed someone to book it. It was my it's my favorite festival in the world, and uh, so it just you know kind of all came together. So did you did you reach out to them, or did they reach out to you? No, the uh, Mike, the uh, founder of the fest, is a longtime friend of mine, and uh, before we started working together, and we were just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth on who could. Who could t- who could book the festival for him? And then by you know a few hours into the conversation, we kind of figured figured out that I was the guy that should be working for him. So yeah, put in a put in a like a six week notice to the Pabst guys. Still love those love that team. And uh, now I now I commute a few times a week down to uh, down to Chicago to work on Riot. I mean, what wh- what goes in to putting? riot fest together like are, have you started next year already yeah we've started some booking for next year um seriously yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, like you've got to get the, the headliners because like the major stuff has you know two three four five year plans oh. some of you know some of the ma- major things so it's there's a lot, a lot of puzzle pieces and you got you gotta get out ahead of it so like the cure for this year how long did you have them booked? Uh, not as not as long as you'd think. <laughs> it was uh, it was a, more of a it was a later ad. It was a huge a huge like get, and we were super happy that it ha- that it came together the way it did because it was one of those things. We, you know, obviously that band is super important to many people, but to me, it's kind of like in my lexicon of like being a teenager and they're my like one of my favorite bands i, I wore out the uh vhs tape of in, in orange from right. watching it constantly through high school so it's you know it was uh that, that was a really really major one i was you know when they walked on stage it was one of those moments i was i looking i'm looking around the audience I'm like wow this is really really happening because it, it didn't seem real until there it is and i'm like wow Robert Smith, it's, this is happening. This is this is absolutely incredible. Yeah, everybody in the audience, it seemed like it wasn't just a show. People were like, it was the culmination of 40 years, of 40 or 50 years of whatever in these people's lives, you know? Yeah, and that, and that band is kind of like the exclamation point on a lot of like, you know, I, some people carried through the entire time, like they've never stopped being a fan. Some people jump off, you know. There's bands like that where you kind of like fall off and rediscover. But I think a lot of those people there were like, "Wow, this is why this is one why the Cure are one of the most important bands of all time." They're just showing it, 
and yeah it was just you could you could feel the energy and just the you know just through the whole weekend like what a great way to cap off that you know 90 some bands and then here like oh yeah oh by the way this is how you really do it so <laughs> well i mean it's not the first time you've had the cure i mean it's no, not the first time riot fest has had the cure yeah no it had been about eight years prior yeah but it had been a very long time because they don't do a lot of festivals so it's one of the you know it's a special thing when when they when they choose to do something like that it's it's with intent, so it's it's a thing of beauty, really. So tell us who's booked for next week. I mean, not next year. For tell next us year. who's booked for next year, yeah. I mean, I think it's like Local Age playing the mm-hmm. catalog. That's, that's yeah. I mean, that's a foregone conclusion. Right, of course. Sure. And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to hold it's, you to that. <laughs> man, I feel like, all right, quick, hit pause. Um, I, uh, we, I can't, obviously can't say, but we're, I, we're, I know. we're working on some things, so should be... It, I'm hoping that next year we'll have just as equal of an impact as it did this year for, you know, for people with, diff- you know, different, different tastes too. Cause obviously the headliners are always, very if, if it's, if it's Iron Maiden, don't say anything. <laughs> okay. Just, just, just like sort of like raise yeah. your eyebrows if it's Iron Maiden. So it's like Maiden doing a replacement set or. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Look at, look at Mark. Were, Mark, were you were you at the Riot Fest uh, the year the replacements played? Yeah, yeah. Um, my did daughter. Did you book them? Did you book them at the rave that year too? I didn't. I wasn't year? at the. I wasn't at the rave yet. Um, I was. I, I'd been long gone by then. But uh, huge, you know, obviously huge fan. But I was. I was in the audience that you know side stage, and my daughter said, and this, this is terrible because, you know, she's including like her own birth and everything else. She's like, I'm pretty sure this is the happiest you've ever been. <laughs> and she's like, and I, I, don't, I don't know if that she's wrong because that was, you know, pretty incredible. I, uh, that, that was the only time I was at Chicago Ride Fest up till now was for the replacement set. And it was also the only time. Up till now? You were there I, this year? No, no, no. Just Riot ask Fest. him if he's heard the Tim box set no i don't care the, the tim reissue i know that's all you really want to talk about <laughs> no, i was just gonna tell an anecdote about it being the most crowded concert that i've ever been at to the point where i got pretty close to the stage about a half an hour before they went on and whatever what was the band before them afi or something like that i believe so yeah i think that that sounds right so afi left the stage and then all of a sudden I got squeezed like a fucking sardine. I've never felt so claustrophobic in the open air or in a room. And I bailed. I was like, I'm out of here. And I went like all the way back and really enjoyed the show. But that was really scary for a couple minutes. I always enjoy watching from, from the back so I can watch the people watch the show, too. So I, I like to watch uh, audience reaction as much as I, I like watching the, the artists. Yeah. Just because I, I say this. To myself, I have to remind myself of this. And it's like every band, even no matter how big or small, is somebody's favorite band, and it's like their their greatest experience. So I try to keep that in mind for even some of the like some of the smaller stuff that may, might not resonate with me. But I want to you know make sure and see how people are, you know, having having that great time. Well, I mean, what made you want to get into promotion and booking bands? Well, I didn't really want to. It was just. Um, I mean, it's probably about the same era, same, same time frame that I saw the uh, first Local H show 
ever in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Oh, wow. I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a cruddy band. <laughs> I'm dropping that on you. Yeah, I was, I was there. Yeah. Um, my best friend was a, was a freshman at UW Whitewater and it was a students only like battle of the bands kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Was there. <laughs> yeah. Did they, did they win? It I don't know if anyone won. It wasn't a battle of the bands. It wasn't a battle of the bands. <laughs> no. What was, it was There's like a hundred bands. I mean, it, it was an Earth Day festival as well. Yeah, what it Earth was. Day festival. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> it was a multi-day Earth Day celebration. battle for the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Gabe, Gabe wasn't even, you weren't even there, were you, Gabe? I was there. I was there. I think there was, either you did it two years or one year or two days or something, and I was there. I just don't remember it because it was... 30 years ago. We did do it two days. Yes, we stayed there. We stayed there the weekend. Yeah, Slept maybe in. I went. Maybe I think I went to the second day. The first day, maybe I didn't make it, but I was there. Was Mark there or is he joking? I was there, for real. You and me and four other people. Yeah, I mean, there was, <laughs> we were we were there just because, like, that was the uh, the college radio station was the, the station I listened to because I, I lived, I lived out there. I lived in East Troy, so I lived like 10 minutes from there. So I, wow. whenever there was a show anywhere, you would go because there wasn't anything else. And, that, you know, there's just like that's how you discovered music was you'd just go to the free shows at the at the student union or wherever, you know. But you grew up in East, East Troy. So yep. I mean, you were right next to Alpine Valley. And that was my first job. Oh, yeah. Working backstage at Alpine Valley, doing doing dishes and serving food to, to hair metal bands. All right. Well, what was the first hair metal band that you served food to? It was well, that I personally served food. It would uh, would have been uh, Skidder. It was Slaughter. Slaughter. Mark Slaughter. It was Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I love Alpine Valley. Me too. Did you, did you work Monsters of Rock? I didn't. I. Uh, I. That would have been that was that eighty seven. I want to say 88. 88. Yeah. I would have I would have started that fall then of 88 after the Monsters of Rock cuz that would have been like Labor Day weekend, right? I mean, was it even that late? I remember or maybe it was Memorial Day. I remember feel I've never felt so bad for a band as when Dokken had to go on after Metallica. And God knows why Metallica was going on before Dokken, but they destroyed the place. They went on second. And then Dokken went on, and it was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. <laughs> who, play, who played first? Kingdom Come, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's who you should feel bad for, because that was... At least they didn't have to go on after Metallica. Yeah, that's true. They had a relatively good set. So it was Kingdom Come, Metallica, Dokken, Scorpions, Scorpions, and Van Halen. And Van Halen. Were you there for Stevie Ray Vaughan's last show? I was there. Yeah, um, I, <clears throat> I worked on the other side at, at that point um, on, in the resort area, and uh, I remember trying to go to work the next morning, and they wouldn't let us let us go down to to do breakfast service for the next show. But yeah, it's, and they just they just turned all the employees away, and they're like, "You go back. There was an accident." And that's all we knew until. You know, you got to the newspaper. Yeah. You know, because there's, you know, nobody could text me to tell me to not come to work that day. So it was, you know, 
I drove down there. I, mean, I was I was bummed because I was like a dollar worth of gas. I was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So the reason why I got in the business is I had a cruddy band and nobody wanted to book it, and nobody and some somebody had to set up the shows. So by you know I was the de facto manager because I was the only one that was brave enough to pick up the phone and call you know call a club and say hey. You know, we can bring twelve people. Can we play? And I, mm. you know, we, and I was always very honest about that. Like with, you know, like, hey, we're literally going to bring like eighteen people. I can tell you who's going to come. Is that cool? We don't want to get paid. You know, right. a lot of the times they'd be like, yeah, sure, you're, you're you're first. And then I just started, you know, meeting people. And then I, I moved to Milwaukee. I was working at a at a liquor store. And. uh Jack Koshik, a kind of legendary metal promoter, kind of took me under his wing and said, hey, why don't you hand out some flyers for these shows? And uh, the first show I flyered for was um, uh, Judas, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar with um, David Johansson as Judas. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, Judas. Yeah. <laughs> Judas. And... Um, they liked how I did it. Apparently, I, I was good enough at putting paper on walls that I was made an impression. And uh, then, I, yeah, I started. I started working at the rave uh, later that year. I think it was 20, 19. Wow. So you skipped right over the unicorn and went straight to the rave. Yep, I, I booked some shows at the unicorn uh, that I. I mean, it's long enough time that I probably wouldn't get killed afterwards. But I put a couple shows on there, but not nothing, you know, nothing big. That uh, yeah, a couple, you know, there are a couple bigger shows there, but n nothing I want to talk about. <laughs> the, the owner likes guns, so I, I'm that uh, scares me. Gus is still around. <laughs> He's still around. He has a he has a deli called Gus's Deli. That's right. We tried to go there. Remember, Gabe? Yes, I, I went to his deli. Actually, he had a Mexican place. Yeah, uh, the cantina. He had the cantina, but he also had a Mexican, some kind of Mexican restaurant in the Burbs. And I went there like seven, eight years ago. <clears throat> Out of the blue, here's Gus. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell? You haven't changed a bit. Did he <laughs> remember you? I think he did. No, he, he didn't should. remember you. I think he did. You don't. Do you understand how many times we've been to the Unicorn Sky? We've been yeah. there a hundred times. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. How many times did you play there? Like <laughs> I saw, probably it, feel, it feels like a dozen all ages shows there that you played. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound right. So other than the Cure, who was the most difficult band to deal with this year? <laughs> the Cure were not difficult to deal with. Okay. They were amazing. <laughs> That was absolutely insane. It was such a, such an honor to be able to work with them. Um, no, I mean, some of the like the curveballs were like the Corey Feldman thing kind of came out of nowhere and like was trending worldwide on Twitter when we announced that Corey Feldman was playing Riot Fest. Not Riot Fest, but Corey Feldman at Riot Fest is what was was trending. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is crazy." Did you can run we into talk, him at all? Well, can we talk about that guy's uh, security guard? It looked like <laughs> yeah. Lemmy. A melting Lemmy is what it looked like. It looked like, Gabe, it looked like Blob from Giggle Snort Hotel meets <laughs> Lemmy. I mean, he looked exactly like Lemmy, but it looked like he was turning into a puddle. Was yeah, it like, crazy? Yeah. yeah. 
I think that's a pretty <laughs> accurate description. What was uh, his name? What was he all about? What did I he like to eat? I don't recall his name. But it was like, yeah, it was about 202 pounds. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't know wh- why he had a security guard. Everybody was like, <laughs> super nice. And, well, he's trending worldwide. He's, you know, he's got fans. He's got a... it, that was just that. That was strange to me. But you know, just because I was like, he clearly doesn't know. Like the the backstage vibe at Riot is just everyone's kind of walking around, hugs and high fives, and meet at the meet at the artist bar and grab a drink and relax, and relax until the next thing you want to see. I mean, I didn't see his set. Was he doing the Michael Jackson moves? He did a couple. He did a couple. It was, I mean, it was a short set. It was, you know, 30 minutes, so just the hits. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, did he have time to get all of his hits in? I think I think he got time. He found time for that. But there was there was a point where the uh, the audience jumped down on the ground and did synchronized rowboating during his set. So that was a that was a highlight for me. What's that all about? I don't I don't know. It was just everybody looked like they were like doing like the whatever the competitive rowboating like whatever that <laughs> what is that called? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, what is that called? Crew. Not, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, like you'd see it like in a fancy, like in a movie where, like, yeah, like it's in a social network. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, did well, that like halfway through the set. Like everybody just jumped down and started doing it. It's called a cadenza or something. Is it, it doesn't have some name that's like almost like it's out of like some kind of musical movement. <laughs> I don't know. I but it come was, on, it was Ben. This is your scene, right? Uh yeah. You're you're an the first rule of that scene is I can't talk about it on. A oh, podcast. I see. I see. What do you guys got? Uh, what kind of uh, questions do you want to ask? Uh, uh, Mark, I, when I, I moved to the Midwest in 1997, one of the first shows I saw was The Frogs and Wesley Willis at the Rave. Ah, Were you involved with that? Yeah. Yes, I was. Yeah, it was um, nice book a magazine A magazine we were helping out with that called Milk Magazine. My, uh, my partner at the time, uh, J, uh, Josh Modell and uh, James Minor, uh, we, put that show, we put that show together. It was... Um, we kind of cobbled it together because it's like, what are the two weirdest things we can do? Oh yeah, frogs and white willows. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Yeah, that was that was great. I still have somewhere my autographed Wesley Willis CD that I bought, um, one for ten or three for thirty. Right. And, um, but he spelled his name wrong. He's there were too many L's in Willis on, when he signed it for me. Uh huh. So that happened. I kept, I kept that. It's yeah, hard to I mean, keep track of how many L's there are. You know. <laughs> well, you're the one who hooked us up with Jimmy from the Frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a yeah. What a sweet, sweet man. I, I love that guy. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that documentary comes out sooner than later because his story should be told. Is it killing you? I wanted, I wanted to come out. I, I just, I just love the, I just love the man. He's just, you know. People take the art and then the person so differently because he's just just oh you met him he's the most like kind quiet guy I think and he was honored when you knew when you when he realized that you knew as much as you did about him and his <laughs> and his art yeah I think that meant the world to him because it wow. was like you know especially when you when you when you guys were playing I know I know he wanted to come up I know he wanted you to come up and play that last song of the set i i did not get that feeling at all otherwise i i would have i i just like there was no way i was gonna go okay 
you know, without being specifically asked. You got burned you too many that. times by Cheap Trick. You're not falling for that anymore. Uh, that's that's not what happened. No, it was just uh, he because he doesn't he doesn't want to play the song anymore, but he wants other people to play it with him. Right. <laughs> of course, he wants somebody else to take the blame. <laughs> yeah, then you take the fall on this one. Yeah, I'm not right. saying it. I just played the chords. So how's your uh, Smith's cover band coming these days? Oh, boy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Salford Lads Club. Oh, boy. Uh, we're doing a show in Milwaukee. At, on You're Black still Friday. doing it? Yeah, every once in a while. We'll bring it out. But yeah, we're doing Turner Hall on uh, Black Friday. Wow. With a, with a like a uh, new wave tr- uh, tribute called Radio Radio, and then the other guys from our band do uh, uh, New Order and Depeche Mode, all in one one set. No, you know, pro fascism is going to keep you from doing Morrissey, huh? <laughs> the songs, I just do the songs. Uh huh. And, and, and Rick Astley has stolen your thunder now. I know, I know, and and he deserves all the thunder. Rick Astley does, <laughs> you know. I, uh, yeah. Well, that man, yeah, I, I wore my Rick Astley shirt to a rummage sale recently, and the guy, like, said, told me to get out of there. Don't Rick roll my rummage sale. It's <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Well, I mean, this probably we, we shouldn't be on the podcast, but we, we, uh, we hung out. <laughs> yeah. But then something else happened that I didn't expect. And what? Yeah. And uh, the bass player was like, and we're just what? like, you, you guys shouldn't be telling people this. This is not, this is not good. This is for sure. This is for sure off podcast, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, he's saying the same thing. He's like, what? You, you shouldn't tell people that. <laughs> and then l- later on, we were like driving and, and he's like, and then he gets this big smile on his face. He goes, man, I think I'm the one to do it. <laughs> I'm the man for the job. Oh, he goes, who do I know at spin? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I know. That's like. He goes, yeah, they told me too. I'm like, what? Are they just telling everybody? He goes, yeah. So they, they told me. That's man, this is. We really can't I mean, put this on the podcast. This is this is gold. <laughs> I, I, it is it is great gold. Actually, it's can really we do good. it with bleeps? No, you can't do any of this. <laughs> I don't know. We'll save it for a Ben's bits. <laughs> Ben's Jewish bits. Ben's Jewish bits. <laughs> All right, what else we got? You you can't tell us who's playing next year. We can't talk can't about play. Let's talk about Walter Schreifels and Quicksand and Rival Schools and Gorilla Biscuits. How did that how, how do you how do you get a band a, a dude to play three nights in a row on three different bands at Rife? Is that the first time? I think it might be the first time. It's just, you know, with was, we you know, we just had our hashtag of weekend with Walter. Um, <laughs> it's like Phil Collins at Live Aid, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's yeah, but yeah, but but not not ruining Led Zeppelin. It's just a totally different thing. <laughs> um, right. I think Phil Collins was he? That's gonna worse. That's, 
the best part is that's going to come out of left field and no no frame of reference of exactly why that would be good. Right. Yeah, um, that's good. The I just you know at first you know we were pitched the idea of him doing uh, an album play with you know with both rival schools and and quicksand and I was like man I wonder like a Sunday matinee would be like the greatest thing to do like if we can do Gorilla Biscuits I don't think they've ever played and like Walter's one of my fa- one of my favorites of all time and I was like our cat's name is Walter so it's uh-huh. you know and I'm just like man we got to do it and. It was tough. I mean, it was probably the most tough on him, but you know, for me, I, I, I don't think so. I think I, I, I think he. It would have been tougher if he couldn't do it. You know? Yeah. It, I mean, he was there all three days. He was hanging out. I saw him everywhere. I mean, it wasn't like he couldn't have done a fourth band on a fourth day. He could have. You know. He could have played was, with you today. Maybe he yeah, could. Mark, you fucked up. <laughs> I need a fourth day of the festival. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. So it was your idea. It wasn't like he didn't come to you going, "Hey." No, we came. To... We came to. We came to his teams because um, he has different, very different people that handle the different. Like the Gorilla Biscuits situation is very different than the other two. Like the the Gorilla Biscuits thing is very DIY. Like they uh-huh. just they're you know they are very much a punk band and everything is done in a, in a very specific way with that. And then the other bands are more, much, much more of a traditional. This is how we do it. Here's your offer. Here we go. And the other thing was, hey, this is what we want to do. Oh yeah, by the way, can you play the record instead? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, well, all the, we we only play those songs anyway. Well, can, you play them, can you can you play them in order? Right. And you know, it was yeah that was that was great and. That was, that was probably one of my, my definitely one of my highlights for the weekend was standing watching Gorilla Biscuits because I'd never gotten to see him before. Yeah, so it was for me, that was that was one of those things like this is for me, you know. Like obviously the people that were there were loving life, but I was like, finally I got to see Gorilla Biscuits, and I the the bummer for me is I didn't get to watch the whole set because you know, dude, he had to go or, get food for Robert Smith. <laughs> no, yeah, well, no, I had, I uh, probably had to, probably got called in to go settle a show in a band looking to get paid or something like that. There's always something. Gabe, did you get your Gorilla Biscuit shirt? Uh, I, I think we have one or two coming, but uh... Walter is going to send you one as soon as he gets it. I, you don't believe me, do you? I, I just didn't want to be that guy that says, hey, hey, can you hook me up? But you insisted, so I'm like, okay. I, I didn't insist. I went to go buy it for you. It was sold out. I told Walter it was sold out. He said, give me your address. I'll send it to you. All right. We'll get it figured that's out. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a very nice guy. He wants you to have that shirt. He does. He so Mark, really he, wants you to have that shirt. You weren't working at Odd Rock Cafe in 1989 when Gorilla Biscuits played there in the summer? No, I I didn't go to the show. I uh, but Jack, I mean, was my mentor, but I yeah. was... You know, I was just going going to shows yet. Like eighty nine, I was still I was still in high school, so I wasn't working there yet. I was yeah, working was, at Alpine. <laughs> that was my first experience with Grilled Biscuits. I I got to interview them for my zine back in eighty nine, and and you know, thirty something years later, I didn't get to see them at Right Face, but I'm gonna go see them next month in Gainesville. They're playing a uh, festival down here. Really? Oh, yeah. They're playing fast. They're playing fast. Wow. Well, maybe you can, you know, get your fucking Gorilla Biscuits shirt 
from him no, when you see him there. Maybe no, he's can, not going Maybe you can thank Walter for writing that intro to your book at that point. <laughs> Possibly. We'll see. So, Mark, Justine said she went to Pequod's the day after Riot Fest, and all of you were there. Is that true? Uh, not all of us. Most of us. Not. I was at... Um, I would, everybody else besides me, I was at Handlebar. So you you don't like Pequod's? No, I think I, I like Pequod's. I just I really needed the um, the vegan chimichanga. That's kind of how <laughs> I reward myself from the, for Riot Fest is like eating the worst thing I could possibly imagine for my body. Plus, it's fun to say chimichanga. Chimichanga, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about as fun as, yeah as anything. Gabe, I know which way this is gonna go. Okay, so Mark, if you could book one band for oh, one wait night a minute. only, don't change the question. What kind of nonsense is this? I, I think I think we don't know, know the answer. But if you had to pick between two bands, you could only play one in a deserted island between the Replacements and Iron Maiden. Who who, who would you pick? It's the easiest answer for me. It would be their their Replacements. Oh, poor game. You're doing so well. We had a streak of like two or three in a row. Yeah, you won a couple of those. Uh, but I, I, have, you I have you heard the, the new Tim mix? <laughs> no, I haven't yet. I, uh, but Justin, who worked on the record, is a, is a dear friend of mine. So I'm, I do you know, get to pick it up this week. Just haven't had much free time since the festival. So, but yeah, definitely picking that up. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I will say I really, really enjoyed seeing Maiden on the. Uh, seven Sun, the Seven Sun tour at Alpine. So, yeah, give you that one. Is that your favorite record of theirs? <laughs> if Ed uh, Stasium could make, remix one Iron Maiden record, <laughs> who? Which one would it be? Which one would you pick? Yeah. <sighs> Man, I just remember my dad when I was a kid bought me a giant Subway Somewhere in Time poster. All right. And for some could, reason, probably not some remixing. Yeah, but I could use it. Yeah, definitely. Take off all the guitar synthesizers. Look at Gabe. He, he's, he's, you can see him over there. He's, he wants to defend the synth <laughs> guitars. Come on, Gabe. Bring it on. I'm not going to talk bad about Somewhere in Time. It's actually a good record. But, it, you know, it's 87, 86, whatever year it was. What do you think it's going to sound like? Everything sounded like that in 86, 87. It was only like a year or two after, Tim, after the Power Slave. Power, and that sounded like <laughs> shit, by the way. It was only a year or two after Power Slave, and Power Slave sounded great. Yes, but something happened after 85. Something. Everybody put out their, everybody put out their live album, and then all of a sudden these synth guitars come in, and there's all this reverb and, and crap comes on. And, you know, Cinderella got huge, and, and here we go. <laughs> Sounds like a job for Ed Stasium. So you blame this whole thing on Cinderella? Is this? No, but, you know, even Cinderella stripped it Cinderella down a little fan. bit on their second and third album. But you know, I'm not going to talk oh, yeah. bad about Cinderella. Uh -huh. All right, yeah. all right. Well, since you're here, Mark, and since The Cure changed the world, and 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 they were amazing at Riot Fest, we thought we'd have you do a "What's the Best" with us. What's the best? All right. And uh, we thought we'd do The Cure. Now, in high school, did you have Robert Smith hair? 
I didn't. I had the uh, Tony Hawk swoop. I had the <laughs> okay. over my eye, yeah, blowing it out of my left eye constantly. <laughs> right. I just, I just didn't have the skateboarding skills. Ben, did, did you have? I did the not. Hair? I did not. I, I I had shaved half of my head. I think like the left half of my head was shaved, and the right half was whatever the fuck. But Mark, do you have to keep this kind of Morrissey-esque quaff because of your gig? No, I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just kind of what my hair does. It's pretty good. I think you should try the swoop again. Did, should I try the swoop? Yeah. All right. Well, after after uh, uh, the end of November, I'll start. I'll build up that swoop. All right, so Scott, lay out the I ground I think November's rules. going to spawn a monster, but it... Too the rules? What are the rules? Lay out the rules about, like, three rounds, one at a time, and who's okay, going Okay, so first. one at a time. You're, Mark, you're going to go first, uh, but it, we do it, uh, what do you call it? Sports draft, draft style. style. We do a draft, draft style. style. Yeah. So if somebody takes it, I, I hope you've got some backups. I got some backups. I did my homework. All right. Gabe, I hope you got some backups. I think all my songs will be gone by the time I get through this. But go all ahead. Right, well, so Gabe, are you playing the game where you're going to try to keep stealing people's picks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the cure that much. So mine's are going to be, you know, just the hits. So I, I, I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder unless they have, you know, their top songs in their list. Mm-hmm. Mark, start us off. All right. My first pick. Um. It's probably one of my favorite wind chime songs of the, uh, of the Cure era. Um, would be a plain song from Whoa. Disintegration. Nice. They, they, dark, dark and moody. They have a lot of chimes, don't they? And I didn't really co- put that correlation together until the, till the show on Sunday night. And they did a couple chime songs in a row, and I was like, all right, I see what you're doing here. This is right. a thing of beauty. Right. I'm in. Yeah. It's, like, it's like us and the uh, vibra slap. <laughs> you guys should get some chimes. You, you get some chimes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you, you know how hard it is to travel with chimes? You ever Are those live chimes case? Do you play them live or is it re- recorded? Pre-recorded chimes? They had they had, they were doing the whole thing. They had they had real chimes. All right. How dare you, Gabe? How <laughs> dare you suggest that the Cure plays pre-record pre-recorded ch- chimes? I can't say ah, I can't talk. Pre-recorded chimes. Okay, so uh, I have a feeling that Gabe, you're gonna get a pick. Oh, yes. I'm going straight for the jugular on this one. (laughs) Number one, pictures of you. Disintegration's totally getting song. a lot of love, huh? I don't even know what album it's from. Just skip right over me because I don't know much about The Cure. Pictures of you. That song gets stuck in my head. And uh, that's it. 
Mark chimes? Are there chimes in pictures of you? There are chimes. There were two chime songs. That's uh, that started with chimes. And uh, yeah, good good pick, Gabe. That was uh, that was my my alternate for number one. Isn't that what they started with? It's the second song of the set. Okay, and they started with your your pick, right? I believe. God, no. Yes, I think they, yeah, I think they yeah. did. Wow, this is ju- this is just turning out to be the set. Ben, mm-hmm. let's, let's see what you've got here. Uh, I saw the Cure. I, w- I had front row seats for the Cure at Smith College, and I, think I knew Ben was going to have a story. 1985. <laughs> well, hey, you know we got to fill some some. <laughs> we do. We have to fill some time. This has been going very quickly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I saw this. I saw the Cure in 1985, front row. I think it was 85. They were touring uh, the album that I would, if I could pick all the songs from it, that would be it. Head on the Door is sort of like, I don't really need anything else from The Cure. Although I love plenty of other things from The Cure. But above and beyond The Cure, just I think one of the best songs, one of my favorite songs of all time. I just think like the way Scott talks about Surrender, I feel the same way about this song. Uh, From Head on the Door, In Between Days. Damn it! Well played. You got me at that acoustic guitar. I've never heard of it. That's one of mine. Bullshit. Fuck you, Gabe. That is one of the best (laughs) acoustic guitar performances. It's great. Just a perfect song. Damn it. Agreed. Gabe, he got you? He got one of mine. How's that possible? That's one of my Because you were stupid and went for pictures of you first, which nobody would have grabbed. Somebody would have got it. Mark would have got it the second time around. Yeah. All right, that's that's cool. I get my number one pick, uh, Fascination Street. All right, it's a good one. I mean, like for me, my favorite Cure stuff is sometimes I feel like they're almost like a, a goth crazy horse. So when they get into like the guitar jams, that's that's my that's my Cure stuff. Yeah, and the baseline on that song just tears. Hello, yeah, absolutely. Best. And and I could feel they were about to play it. And then I heard the Whoa. And they started playing it and the everybody around me got really, really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. Okay. All Pretty right. good round one. Pretty good. Everybody was left each other alone, except for Ben. Ben had to get in and throw his elbows around like he's at a... Hey, man. Someone's got to claim it. This gets show. I was happy it got to be me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going for uh, the second picks? Number two, Mark. Okay. I'm going with um, something from 17 Seconds. Uh, A Forest. The song is unbeatable. Getting <laughs> just killed. You're losing all of them. See, I'm losing all of them. I, I, I uh... yeah, it's a good one. And they played it. <laughs> they played it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. That might be. That's one of my favorite songs of all time, outside of the Cure. So, 
just in you know yeah that i annoyed a lot of people with that song too <laughs> all right he's out of there yeah that that i mean what, what were you doing that people were becoming annoyed with that's your, exactly uh, the question i just had what do you mean <laughs> I was having a wonderful time and I was going boom, 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 boom. You were vocalizing? And I turned around. Well, no, but I was doing that with my hand, like boom, 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 boom. And then other people started doing it and I turned and looked at all these people that were next to me and they were all gone. That sounds like you were doing Herb at the bowling alley. The night that we went bowling with Herb, he was doing a lot of that (laughs) dancing it was. A, it might have been a Herb esque, but I, I, I see myself as more cat like. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to Gabe's next pick. If you were to use my wife's song, she would be talking about that song. But I'm not going to take it because I don't really even know that song. Your wife's wow. not playing. You can take it. Did you wait? You consulted mm-hmm. with Heidi before you? Yes, because I, she knows the cure a lot more than I do. Oh, well, I mean, you, you, okay, you, come on, man. All you had to do. I'm out on. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pick this song. Even though 311 covered it, I'm going to pick it now. Love song. <laughs> of course, it's, it's the easy one. The radio song. It's the only songs I know. And they're like three songs. So I'm picking it. It's number two. It's a good bass line, too. It's a good bass line, a good keyboards in there, too. Pretty good. I have a follow-up question. How, how are you aware that 311 covered that? Yeah. <laughs> how are it's you not a aware? 311 fan. That was a hit. It was a hit? It, I oh, guess yeah, that, that was... It's, it's, a, it's a replica. I mean, there's not much difference to it, but uh, if you haven't heard it, check it out. Shut up. <laughs> no, don't check it out. <laughs> Nothing wrong with 311. Gabe knows not... the 311 covers, and he knows the orgy covers. <laughs> Blue Monday? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, how how I got my second pick, I still I can't even believe I'm lucky enough to have this one too. Man, I I, I am Don't so do it. When I, scared. When I first got my iPhone and somebody taught me how to make your own ringtones, this was the first song I made a ringtone out of, and um. And it's also half of my favorite mashup of all time. And I think Scott and I have talked about this. Uh, there's a there's a close to me, drop it while it's hot. Mashup. It's close to me. Your, yeah. your pick is close to me. My pick is close to me. Cue the song. Wait, there's a close to me, drop it like it's hot. Mashup, the best. I've never heard of it. Oh, I believe you. So great. That I'm going to go explore. I'll Gabe, find. So I'll, I'll find that. I'll put that on the episode. That you can check out. Check yeah. that out. When the pimps in the crib, mom, drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you, park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. But another perfect song, and just the greatest, whatever that is. I guess it's a synth, right? The, yeah. The main line. So good. Holy shit. You know, like, the, I, the thing I remember about that song is in high school, all the shop dudes loved that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the macho guys. <laughs> yeah, all the macho dudes were like, yeah, this, song, this song's got it going on. <laughs> I'm joking. 
kidding. <laughs> Just a regular joke. Just a joke. All right. Okay. Uh, you know what? No one has picked some of these other songs, some pretty obvious songs. Go for it. Well, they've got a lot of them. That's the problem. No, or, I'm going to take this blessing. one. Yeah, this, the, this, the first time I heard this song, at the time I thought it was one of, one of the most intense songs I'd ever heard. And uh, The Kiss from Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. And that song just blew me away. I was like, wow. The people who did Close to Me sound like this? Yeah, yeah, I got that yeah. little in there. Right. Yeah, you got it in there. Yeah, I got it in there. <laughs> Put that right cross right in there. Yeah. They didn't play that. No, but no. No, no. But their set list was pretty, pretty career-spanning. And, uh... My next. So I'm gonna. I'm this gonna is pick. your. This is your final. Pick. This is my final pick, and um, I'm gonna go with uh, "Killing an Arab." Wow! I, I thought so. I knew someone was gonna come up with that one. People don't give the enough credit or attention to them being you know in their more of their post-punk less before they before the soundscapey stuff started happening and like exploring the long songs and just like the three minute pop, like three minute rock songs and that that one really stuck with me I remember like trying to learn it as like as a kid like yeah and now that, that was that was one that always stuck with me so that that's that's my final pick well you're from you're from the whole milwaukee area do you remember <laughs> like uh violent femmes coming up yeah, they were they were always kind of omnipresent. I was more, and this is I, I'm not trying to do the too cool thing. I was more of a DeKroitzen was my band. DeKroitzen mm-hmm. and oh, and wow. DeKroitzen and Cheap Trick were my were my bands coming right. like when I was a kid. That's cool. So those are, and somewhere in the world there's a DeKroitzen um, recording of He's a Whore that is supposed to come out that's never that's not been re- released yet. So that's. That's like a per- perfect storm for me. Do also, do Detroit's in doing Blister in the Sun. Do they, 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 yeah, that's, that's true. That's another. <laughs> These jokes are going <laughs> over like... <laughs> what do they say, Gabe? Like a lead balloon. I'm, I'm trying to figure out my next song. You don't have turn? a next song? You... What? I mean... Th- <laughs> 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 There's at least... Like, I don't know, eight popular ones that no one has picked. I'm about to pick it. Now, or do I go for a deep cut? Okay. Deep cut for me is not too deep. I'm going to go off the charts here. Oh, okay. This will be good. This one's, I'm I'm not going to pick the one that everybody thinks I'm going to pick. Oh, okay. Here's a song. Let me play it because I, I don't even know the song. Come on. Here we go. No? No covers. It's not a cover. Oh, 311 no Why do you have to play this instead of say it? Because I don't know enough to, to be able to talk about it unless you I'm playing it. You don't know the it. title of it? <laughs> Listen, I'm not a big Cure fan. I understand. But sometimes they go on the radio and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. 
All right, here we go. How long is this going to take? Okay. The 2010 remaster. Song called Lullaby. We're not hearing it. You're not going to hear it. Oh, yeah, Gabe. Oh, you're just playing, play. playing it for yourself. Okay. I'm but just Gabe, playing it in my, in my ears. Was it, wasn't that video, didn't that video have like a big scary spider in it? Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's Robert Smith. <laughs> well, weren't you afraid of the video? Were you afraid of this? I don't remember any Cure videos. I, I, they weren't being played on Headbanger's Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Close to you was. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, that's a good All right, one. wait, wait, wait. I want I want Gabe to sing sing like one line. Of lullaby? lullaby? Are you yeah. crazy? I have Just no idea what the song's recite about. Recite a lyric. Spider. Or like, you know, or, or, or hum the, the synth line. I think you're a fucking poser. No, I'm listening to it in behind while you guys are talking. Listen to those keyboards. You're listening you to it on your yes. headphones? Of course I am. <laughs> Ben's supposed to be playing in the background. That's, that's what he does. Uh-huh. Listen to this jam. The whispers. Yes. Sing it. Go ahead. I don't know any of these words. I barely know this song. I heard it today. I'm like, I know this song. So I picked it. Oh, that's great. That's terrific. I'm not a, I am a poser when it comes to the cure. I, I'm not I'm not going to pretend. Okay. All right, let's let's go to Ben. Come on, Ben. What do you I want to say I haven't even I didn't I I I haven't pulled out any deep cuts, and the next four... I got my first two songs on my list, and the next four songs on my list are all still out there. So now i got to pick between one of these absolute jams. Uh, all right. Don't you do it. <laughs> I'm going to do Let's Go to Bed. Did I was did I fuck you? No, no, not at all, not at all. But like I, I should mention that no one picked. Hang on. Oh yeah, you're, you're, you're Friday. I'm in, no Friday. I'm in love. No. Did no no boys don't cry. You're not gonna nope. take it. No. Uh, no, just like heaven. Now that's another thing that that uh, I piss people off on. So when they did just like heaven, and it got to the chorus. Me. No, my friends, a few of my friends and I, we, we were doing the, uh, you, the Dinosaur Junior Chorus. And you're not taking Just Like Heaven? No, I'm not. I'm going to take Never Enough from the, from the remix record. Wow, you're wow. going on, you're, you're, you're avoiding the pop songs and going for those. I never thought I'd get any of those songs, and... And this was my, like, my, I picked five. And this was my final pick. I was like, no one's going to pick Never Enough. I didn't even think I'd get Fascination Street. Really? Hmm. But you got him. All right. Wow. So people are going to be mad. There's a lot of the biggest fucking hits that we just left on the table. There's so much. I, I love burn from the crow soundtrack in my honorable mentions because yeah. people's minds were blown when they played that in the 
at Riot. I just saw people like looking at each other and high-fiving, and I was like, all right. Like, you, you didn't have anything to do with this, but good job, I guess. You know. Right. <laughs> it seems like that soundtrack is getting a, 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 a new day in the sun. Is it just me? No, Ed no, Stacey no, re- remixed it, and that's what the that's what's going on right now. He remixed it. No. Well, Mark, <laughs> thanks for doing the show. I'm just sorry it was so lackluster. <laughs> Watch I really wanted to sort of uncover how Riot Fest gets put together, and I don't I don't feel like we got there, you know, sure. and I just like. You, you you said that you you what you get the headliners first and then everything kind of falls in place. Yeah, well, there's it's it's a kind of like a yeah it's a it's a, it's a layered process. I mean, there's certain uh, certain things you want to go for that get your headliners and kind of get your theme for what the day which each day is going to feel like. Because I don't know if you kind of like get that when you're there, but with this kind of what we try to go for is like stages just feel a certain way and the day to feel like to have a certain certain aesthetic and mm-hmm. we work really hard on that and you know, sometimes bands aren't understanding where they they'll think oh we're perfect for this because this band was on it, it was like yeah but that band works on this level because of you know a b and c they're tied with this or you know it just it's a it's it's really really hands-on and curated and put a lot of thought into it I, you can i mean i think you could feel the difference between sunday's day with the cure Mm-hmm. And the Queen's Postal Service Day, and the Foo Fighters days—they all had very, very different feel. Feel. Okay, like, so let's look at the Foo yeah. Fighters one. You had like you had Quicksand on that day, and you had the Breeders. So, am I starting to put put something together here? The '90s thing. Yeah, and like Ani DeFranco, and right. just you know things that kind of feel like authentic. Well, not even feel authentic. That are authentic to the day that that they're playing. Like to the, you know. To a, to a running theme and you know something like with the Foo Fighters I don't know if I'd be speaking out of school but it was like you know things that made connections to like groundbreaking in their era in, in their version of what you'd call as punk or you know with Ani DeFranco with Righteous Babe and the Breeders and you know Kim obviously Gordon. the lineage yeah and then the lineage would it yeah kim gordon and with the lineage what is the the foo fighters and you know and on and on and on and then the cure had you know certain things that that felt that way too like with ride or no. you know dresden dolls and things like that that you know it feels you know you know gorilla hotline biscuits. Yeah, gorilla biscuits but yeah, yeah the, i mean the gb's like that felt like we made that feel like a punk rock matinee all like all afternoon and then capped it off at at night with you know godspeed you black emperor because uh, you know what a right. perfect way to cap off right before the cure goes on godspeed ends and then the cure goes on it's in and same with and same with you know same with um what are the uh the mars volta like like they end five minutes later you look over the cures walking on stage and like the energy just shifts. You know, right. The... Right. And there was, so there wasn't supposed to be anybody playing while the cure was playing. We, we, we felt like that was, had to. To do. it was like, that was, the, that was the way to do it. Like make sure like 
this is a huge moment. Everyone should be part of this. Right. But then, but then you had that rain delay. And so somebody ended up playing opposite of them. Yeah. There were one, there was one band that played opposite of them called through and through, uh, an area, a band from the area that we really didn't want to lose their opportunity to play riot because it's so rare that you can get local. Like the, the slots are such a, you know, such a premium and such a thing to, to be able to, to not let them afford the opportunity to get that exposure would have been, would have been criminal. So we really, really felt strong about getting them to play. Was that something you had to run by the cure? No, I mean, you always run everything by all the stage headliners. So it's, but that was one of those things. Hey, we let, let's, you know, we have to do this. Let's, let's, you know, we have to give this band their opportunity. Let, let's go. But yeah, the, the weather on Sunday was definitely a huge bummer. Like yeah. that was, that was tough watching, you know, some of our mutual friends get, you know, their, their side cut and that was, you know, that was heart, heartbreaking, but yeah. yeah. Hopefully we'll be announcing some shows. With They're not going weather. anywhere. Yeah, they better not. There's not. They're not going anywhere. All right. Okay. That's something that gives us a bit of the way it works. Sure. I feel like we crack something open, or we can just leave it here, or we can just scrap the whole thing. Scrap the whole goddamn thing. Scrap the whole goddamn thing. Well, thanks for doing it. And yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Tried to get you on last week, but you were too swamped. Not I was, swamped. You were dead. I was pure dead. I was. I was a piece of shit. I wouldn't have even been able to put a sentence together. I mean, is there is there a lot of like stuff you got to wrap up the week afterwards? Like, dying yeah, bunch of eyes. Um, you'd hope that a band's tour manager would take the time to come into the trailer for like a few minutes and pick up a check, mm-hmm. but they can't, and the, or they don't, right. and then 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 you're chasing. Then they're chasing you down for a wire on the Monday after you. have worked for you know 40 hours straight <laughs> so then you know we've got you know 90 bands to get wires out to so, so the cure couldn't pick up their check is that what you're saying <laughs> the cure picked up the, picked up everything they needed to pick up <laughs> they were yeah no but it's a, a lot of the times it's like the sometimes the younger bands that don't know even to pick up their payment right. or something you know or you know they're they're foreign, so they're they can't pick it. They can't take a check Ooh. anyway because there's whoa, no whoa, there's no whoa. <laughs> there's no bank. That's how it works over there. They they used to be Nazis. They only will take like gold Krugerrands <laughs> yeah. from South Africa or something. People knocking on the door. It's like I'm trying to watch Nosferatu in here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, throwback right there.
Yeah, you're always lying. Yeah. 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 Yeah